continuing our early morning prayer on Wednesdays as well. I mentioned it last week. But yeah, so Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. here again. Uh, and then if you can't make it, let's continue to pray. Prayer works. Amen. God moves through prayer. So let's be a praying church. Uh, we want to see the fullness of God's life and his power active in us and in our city. We want to see God's redeeming work established here in our city. Amen. So we're going to continue to pray and seek the Lord in that way. I have a question for you. How many of you guys have ever done any long distance running? Like when you're in high school, maybe you're in cross country or you did, okay, so we got some people. Uh, you did maybe a half marathon or a 6K or 6K, 5K, 5K, 10K. I don't know if it's 6K, but uh, maybe you did one. Um, so yeah, so, and you guys have probably heard the, the term runner's high. Right, and basically what that is supposedly is when <laughs> when people run, uh, they get this experience where they, they, all these endorphins are released, and they're just like, "Oh man, this is awesome!" They're invigorated, and they they feel alive, and they just can't wait to do it. Well, I thought that was crazy. Um, uh, many years ago, I'm like, runners, what do you, why would anyone sign up to torment themselves? Like, they, uh, yeah, I love torture. <laughs> I love burning my lungs and my feet hurting and my legs burning. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Um, but when I was 26, my sister was training for a half marathon. And she comes to me and says, hey, would you want to do this with me? And I'm like, no, <laughs> why would I want to do that? That sounds terrible. Running for like an hour and a half, two hours, three hours straight, that sounds miserable. Why would I want to torment myself? But it was a challenge. And when I get challenged for something, then I, there's something in me that's like, I want to do it, you know? So I had no desire to run, no desire to do any of that, but I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do it, you know? And so we had many months to prepare and to train, and I started doing it. I remember the first time I went on a long-distance run. It was, it was only three miles, but it, that's, that was long. And I remember doing it, and it was miserable. I, it was terrible. I was, my lungs were burning. My feet were killing me. I, I hated it. And I'm going up and down hills. I, I picked the worst place to do it, by the way. It was like a really hilly area. I'm like, why did I start here? Um, but it was, it was torment, really. But then I finished, I pushed through, and I got to the three miles, and I finished, and afterwards I was like, man, that was horrible, but I kind of liked it. And so I continued to train, and then sure enough, along the way, I got to experience this crazy thing called a runner's high, where I would, it, it started with, it made me feel good later on in the day, like running. I just, I felt better, I had more energy throughout the day, right? And it was the fruit of the discipline right? But then over time, I actually enjoyed the act of running. Like, I actually enjoyed doing it. Not just the fruit of it, but, but the actual action. 
and I would look forward to it. I would look forward to, it's crazy, I know. I would look forward to getting up early in the morning and running. I say I, I would, I did, because that's not my current state right now. Um, <laughs> but I did at one point in my life, okay? Um, and, and it was wonderful. It was a really cool experience. And I think we've had that experience. A lot of you maybe have experienced that with any form of exercise, right? Going to the gym, anything like that. It starts out just pain hardship, discomfort. Like there's nothing fun about getting up early and then putting your body through rigorous routines, right? But then over time, you experience the fruit of that work and it's like, okay, it's worth it because I feel better throughout the day or whatever, you know, lose weight, different things like that. Uh, And then, again, if you continue in it, typically what happens is you actually enjoy the process itself. You actually enjoy like getting up and going to the gym or you enjoy getting up and going running. And I think the same is true. That same concept applies to our spiritual life. That when we have, when God calls us to run this race set before us with endurance and perseverance, and we're called to obey the, what God has called us to do, his mission on our life, he, there's discomfort that comes right? His calling is not always comfortable. It requires sacrifice. It requires discipline. And so we begin this process of disciplining ourselves and submitting ourselves to Jesus' lordship in our life. And at first, it's just difficult. It's hard. It's uncomfortable, right? But then over time, we start seeing the benefits of those spiritual disciplines in our life. We start seeing the benefits of of God's presence in our life, and eventually the very things that that were difficult and uncomfortable become things that we look forward to, right? Whether it be prayer or worship or getting into the Word of God or serving others, suddenly over time, those things become something that we can't imagine living without, Right, And we experience the invigoration and the life that's infused within us when we choose to say yes to Jesus even when it's hard. Right, And our life becomes full. We experience the freedom from selfishness and a life that is fully submitted to God. It's lived for him and for others. There's a freedom that comes from that. But to get to that place, sometimes it takes some work and it takes some hardships, some discipline in our lives. So the title of my message this morning is Run. Run. So let's pray over the word this morning. Lord Jesus, will you speak to our hearts? Holy Spirit, I just ask God that anything that's of me that comes out that's from me, Lord, I just pray that it falls to the ground dead and powerless. Lord, and that the only thing that remains, God, is your words. Lord, what you want to speak to us this morning. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we just last week, we just finished off our vision series. We capped it all off with the new name of our church moving forward and the vision statement, right? Our vision is to see God's redeeming work established in our city by living in authentic union with Jesus as one family, seeing and loving one person at a time. One with Jesus, one family, one on mission. That's what we're about. Right? And we are one church. So we are relaunching as one church on August 13th, 2023. And so we talked about the vision of our church and where God is leading us. And that's wonderful. But the vision is for a purpose. Right? It's not just words like, oh, well, yeah, we can unite around these words. It's, it's to be executed, to walk it out. Right? We're, we're meant to run with vision 
to go somewhere with the vision that God's given us. Habakkuk 2 says, right, that if he has vision, let, it, let him write it clearly and plainly on tablets so he who runs may read it, right? We're supposed to run with vision. And that's why the title of this, this sermon is run. That's what we're going to talk about today. But also that word is our church's word for this year, for 2023. Our word for the year is run. And we find it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So what is Paul referring to here when he says race, running the race? Um, he's referring to his calling, the calling of God on his life, the mission of God, the purpose of God, the, the life that is set before him, the way of Jesus. This is the race that Jesus has called me to run, right? So it is a purpose. Now, each of us individually has a unique purpose that God's given us, right? And we have our own special work, even within the body of Christ. We have a function within the body. There's many different members. And we have our own special work, something that God has uniquely called you in his image to do. But there is also a transcendent collective purpose that we're all called to as believers in Christ. And that's what our vision is based on, right? Being one with Jesus, having that intimate living relationship with him, being one family, loving each other well, and then being unified on our mission, the great commandment and the great commission, right? That is our collective purpose as the body of Christ. So our vision as a church is our collective purpose that God has revealed to us in a unique expression, uniquely expressed to this local body. But like I said before, most, almost every Christ-centered church has roughly the same vision. We all want to have a relationship with Jesus. We all want to love each other well, and we all want to fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples of all nations, right? But there's just a unique expression of that in each local body. So that's what our vision is. It is our collective purpose uniquely expressed. So the question then is, how do we run with it? How do we run with this vision and run the race that God has set before us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Number one, running the race. How do we do it? Number one, have the right motivation. Having the right motivation is where it all starts. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. Now, the passage that we read earlier about running a race, a lot of times that's preached kind of by itself, solo. And then this passage earlier in the same chapter about being all things to all people that I might win some or lead some to Christ is kind of a separate message in itself, but really they're right next to each other. They're connected together. So let's, let's see that connection here. 1 Corinthians 9.19 says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Skip down to verse 22. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means... 
I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And then verse 24, right after that, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So if we want to know what the motivation is for the race, he says it right here in verse 23. I do all this for what? For the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. We run the race set before us for the sake of the gospel that we might share in its blessings. What does that mean? Meaning it's not about us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus being exalted, his name being lifted up in our city, and it's about people being pointed to Jesus and reconciled to him. It's the sake of the gospel. We want Jesus to be lifted up, and we want to help lift people up to where they are restored in relationship with him. That is our why. It's our love for the Lord and our love for others. So what does that mean? Our why is not, our motivation is not for the sake, we don't run the race for the sake of being busy, right? The American way of just doing a bunch of stuff. That's not why we're running the race. So we feel like we're doing more or we're producing more or we're accomplishing more. That's not why we run the race. That's not why we run with the vision. We don't run for the sake of achievement, where like, oh, we can notch something in our belts. Like, yes, I achieved this thing. I was radical for Jesus. I checked that box. Or I have this medal of praying a lot, you know, or whatever it is, you know. Um, some sort of achievement that makes us feel better. Or we don't run because of our own ambition. Where we, we need, we have this feeling of uh, we need to be significant. My life needs to be significant. So that's why I'm running for this purpose. Listen, you are already valued at the highest possible value there is. Jesus has already put the price tag on your life as priceless, right? The, the value of your life is the blood of the, the only son of God. That's about as high value as there is of anything in the universe. So God already values you. You don't have to do something or make some impact to be valued, right? So that's not our motivation. Our motivation is for the sake of the gospel. It's to lift up Jesus and to lift up others. When I was a, uh, a group leader as a youth in my teen years, Nathan, you know all about this. <laughs> so he got to experience this side of me. Um, but I was pretty intense. I was pretty intense. Uh, I uh, burned a lot of people out, and I burned myself out in the process. Um, but I would say things to my small group of guys like, guys, we're gonna, I mean, I was intense. We're going to win the world to Jesus, you know? And I was like, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to share the gospel with 10 people every day, 10 different people every day. And, and so what we would do ultimately is we'd go out to Independence Commons 20 AMC, AMC 20 in Independence. We'd go out there and we'd just start talking to people about Jesus that were hanging out outside. And some nights there weren't anyone outside and we're like, oh, let's go to the mall, you know. And, uh, and we would try to share the gospel. Most of the time people didn't want to listen to anything, so they just walked away. And we're like, oh, persecution in the name of Jesus. Um, and uh, so we just continued and we continued. And, and uh, I don't, not one person accepted Christ through all of that. But we were trying to share the gospel with everybody. Uh, and then I was like, okay, we got to pray three hours a day. Three hours a day, we need to intercede for every person that you know that doesn't know Jesus. And so we were like, do all this stuff. And I would wake up in the morning dreading my day. <laughs> like, this is going to be miserable, but it's all for the sake of Jesus, you know. 
Um, but God wasn't asking that of me. But it was, I realized my motivation at that time was ambition. I, I wanted to achieve something for God. I wanted to, to win Kansas City. And I had, a, I had a vision for it. I was going to have 12 disciples that have 12 small groups. And they were going to have 12 disciples, 144. And they were going to have 12, 17, 28, 20,736, 238,000, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then in nine generations, the whole world would be saved. Nine generations, that's all it's going to take. Easy peasy, nine years, nine generations, the whole world knows Jesus. So it didn't work out, as you could probably guess. <laughs> but my ambition got the best of me. I did love the Lord, genuinely. I loved Jesus, and I loved my guys, too. But I was being driven by a craving of this world, pride in my achievements and possessions. So it became unhealthy. Psalms 139, verse 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So as we run this race, we need to regularly come before the Lord and say, God, search my heart. Am I doing this for the right reasons? What is my motive? And I will tell you, it oscillates for myself. There's times where I get motivated by achievement or ambition or comfort or whatever else and I have to come back to the Lord and say, God, purify my heart. I want this to be about you. I want it to be about people. But it takes intentionality. It doesn't just happen. Your heart just isn't perfectly pure all the time. It's not going to happen that way. We have to intentionally step before the Lord and say, God, is my heart right? in this. And this is something, by the way, that I do every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning when I'm praying before a service, one of the first things I do is come to the Lord and say, God, is my heart right? Is my heart right? Because I want it to be right. That's where it starts, the right motivation for the sake of the gospel. So number one is having the right motivation, how we run the race. Number two, run with clear direction. Run with clear direction. Ephesians 5, 15 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Another translation says, don't be thoughtless, like where you just kind of go through the motions. But be intentional. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Be careful how you live. One thing that helps us is having a clear vision. And that's why you'll hear me sharing the vision or our three missional objectives, one with Jesus, one family, one on mission, or values or whatever. You'll hear me say it every single Sunday. I'm going to be saying something about it. Because in order for the vision for us to run with it, it's got to be clear. So that's one thing that's helpful for sure. But what we really need in our everyday, day-to-day -day life is we need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear God's voice. We need to let him guide us in the race that we're running daily, daily. Because there's opportunities every single day. So how do we make the most of those? The vision may be the what, like what we're called to do, be relationship with Jesus, with others, living on mission, making disciples. But the how comes from partnering with the Holy Spirit. 
The vision might be the what, but the how comes with walking in step with the Holy Spirit and letting him guide each present moment. Because each moment is an opportunity. I think a lot of times when we think about direction or vision, we think about specific stuff, like God stuff that we have to do. Like we're living out the mission of God when we're serving our community. Or we're living out the mission of God when we're, you know, praying for someone to be healed. Or we're living out the mission of God when we share the gospel. Yes, that's great. That's awesome. But that's like, what, 1% of our time in our lives? You know, no, God's missionality and his vision and the race that we're running is every part of our life. Every moment, there's an opportunity in each present moment. And in the mundane things that we do, and, you know, going to work or getting up or getting our kids ready for bed that takes up a lot of time, you know, whatever it is, all of those day-to-day things, those are still opportunities when we choose to be attentive to the Holy Spirit there's a, there is a way that we can take all of the regular, normal things of life and align them with God's mission. That we are on mission when we're loving on our kids. We're on mission when we're listening to a friend. We're on mission when we're asking a coworker, how are you doing? Like, like really, like, how are you doing? You know, are you holding up all right? We're on mission. It doesn't have to be this big, extravagant thing. We can listen and make the most of each opportunity and invite God in. And it's amazing how every moment of our life can be full of purpose and full of life when we're attentive to the voice of God and and we're giving our attention to the fact that he is present with us in each moment. Amen? So that's how we run with clear direction. Yeah, we want to have a vision, absolutely, because we need to know the what, like what we're about, and we need to keep it in front of us, but also we need to hear the voice of God, and that's how, that's how we see, you know, being one with each other in everyday life. That's how we're one with Jesus day to day. That's how we're one on mission day to day, is partnering with the Spirit of God, and that's how we run with the vision. So we have to create space and attentiveness. So that's number two, running with clear direction. Number three, Train our bodies. Train our bodies. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. <laughs> Yay. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And then Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So training our body. Why? Because we have a flesh, right? We have this carnal nature that's in us. And the Bible says in Galatians 5 that our spirit and our flesh are constantly at odds within us, at war with each other. And so we have to have spiritual disciplines in our life that allow us to align and quiets the voice of the flesh within us and shuts it up, right? The Bible says to crucify our flesh with all of its passions and desires, right? And so it's supposed to be put to death. And the way we do that is by renewing our minds through spiritual disciplines that Jesus invited us to. And so we read that verse earlier today, 1 John 2, verse 15 and 16, where it talks about the three cravings of this world. The craving for physical pleasure, the craving of all things seen, and pride in our achievements and possessions, 
right? That's the way of the world. And so it takes, it's a current that's flowing all around us. And so it takes some discipline and some strict training, like the Bible says, to fight against that current. Because everything in our world is pushing us towards physical pleasure, towards wanting what we don't have, and towards pride in our achievements and possessions. So we have to fight against that, against that current, and we need discipline in order to do that. So Jesus, in Matthew 6, talks about three specific spiritual disciplines on the Sermon on the Mount that, are, that, that work against those cravings of this world. He talks about prayer, fasting, and generosity. Prayer, fasting, and generosity are the disciplines that Jesus invites us into in Matthew 6. And if you think about it, they work against each one of the cravings of this world, right? The craving for always wanting more, right? Discontentment, generosity works against that. When we choose to give and we choose to be generous with our life, that works against that. That's how we quiet that voice, the flesh within us. And then um, physical pleasure, fasting, <laughs> definitely doesn't feel great. Fasting is, works against that craving for physical pleasure. When we choose willingly to let go of something and refrain from something in our life that brings some sense of comfort in order to seek God, fasting does that. Prayer, right? Pride in our achievements and possessions. Our eyes are on us. Prayer does what? Gets our eyes on Jesus. Makes him a big deal, not us. And so prayer helps push against that current for pride in our own achievements and possessions. And so Jesus introduces these disciplines to help us to train our bodies, to renew our minds so we can stay and we can run the race set before us freely and lightly, right? Self-centeredness and selfishness weighs us down. It is painful. Most uh, emotional trauma and, inner, and problems, problems on the inside or wounds from our past, inner healing issues happen because of our attention to ourselves, right? And then when we're free from us, from thinking about us, insecurities, all of that stuff, we're free from that and we're thinking about the Lord, thinking about others, we can live freely and lightly. It's amazing. So how do we engage with these disciplines? Okay, so three, three simple disciplines, prayer, fasting, and generosity. Uh, for prayer, just starting simply, and you might already do this, and that's great. That's wonderful. Um, setting aside 15 minutes, 15 minutes a day. It could be the first thing you do when you wake up. A lot of people do that. It could be during your lunch break at work. It could be when you get home at night. 15 minutes a day to be alone with Jesus. Solitude, meaning go into your room, close the door, as much as that's possible. Now, I will tell you, there was a time in our life where we had four kids in an apartment in Aurora, Colorado, and there was no place to be alone with Jesus. There were people everywhere in the apartment. So you know what I did? I went out to my car, started, and it was cold some morning, started the car, warmed it up, and that's where I had my Jesus time, where I could shut the door and be alone for 15 minutes. And this is what I encourage you to do. Connect with God during that time. Connect with God. doesn't matter what you choose to do. You, you could um, turn on some instrumental music, some worship music. Just open a journal and just ask God, God, what are you saying? Write down whatever God puts on your heart. You could tell God how you feel and invite him into some, something in your life. Ask for his help. You could worship. I mean, 15 minutes is like three songs, you know. 
pick out three songs that you love, you love and just worship God. You could um, open up your Bible and say, Lord, will you speak to me? And then you, you listen for the voice of God in the word of God. But the idea is connecting with him, not with a religious practice, but with the presence of Jesus. And so 15 minutes, that's my encouragement. Just start there. And if you already do, that's great. Um, and then as far as generosity, look for an opportunity each day to be generous. And why, what I mean by generous doesn't mean just money. I'm talking about being generous with your time even. Like sometimes the generosity that God's inviting me into is one of my kids needs extra attention. But I want to do something else, you know, that I need to do. But they need extra attention. And so a form of generosity would be I'm going to be generous with my time and I'm going to love my son and listen and be present to them in this moment or something like that. It can, there's so many different ways to be generous. But what that does, again, gets our eyes off of ourselves, puts them on Jesus and puts them on others, right? So generosity and then fasting. How can we fast? You could do, you know, traditional fasting, which is to refrain from food. That does, that is powerful and it's working. And, and you could do one meal a day, like, hey, or, um, you know, you don't eat breakfast or you don't eat lunch or whatever, and you take that time and you spend it with the Lord. That's really powerful and awesome. Or you can also just take something in your life that's crowding out God. Crowding out God from your mind and it's, and there's, and there's crowding out God from your heart. And choosing to refrain from that thing for a period of time. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's just your phone in general. Maybe it's working at home. You need to close the laptop and put it away so you can be present. Whatever it is, just choosing something in your life to refrain from for a period of time to create space for Jesus. Spiritual disciplines. Got really quiet. <laughs> so, simple things that we can do that help train our bodies, renew our minds, and set our attention on God so we can run this race freely and lightly. So that's number three, train your body. And then number four, lastly, throw off burdens. Throw off burdens. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then Philippians 3.13 says this, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Some of the greatest burden or weight that hinders us is in our past. It's something behind us. And you, I'm sure everyone in here has experienced at some point in your life, you're like, okay, I'm ready to answer the call of God. I want to run with Jesus. I want to pursue God. And you kind of start doing it. And then it's like at some point you have this like rope tied around your waist. And the other end of the rope is connected to something in your past that you don't know what it is. And you start going and then suddenly you just, you feel this tug. Like there's just something holding you back from running freely and lightly. And that's why a lot of people call it baggage, right? Or luggage, something that we're like pulling around. It reminds me of that movie with Robert De Niro, The Mission. 
you guys, it's Robert De Niro, wasn't it? Um, a long time ago, and he was like doing this penance, and he had to like climb this mountain with all this armor that was in like a net, and he had this rope, and he's like climbing it up. In, insane. Anyways, I don't remember anything about the movie. If it's bad, I'm sorry. But he, he was pulling this, this weight behind him, and a lot of times in our lives, we're trying to run with Jesus. And we're excited, but then there's something in our past, something that is weighing us and it's keeping us from living freely and lightly. And this isn't something that happens, that we're set free from immediately. Sometimes it is. I mean, the Holy Spirit is powerful. He's able to immediately bring freedom and healing from things in our past. But this takes time. and It takes intentionality to throw off these burdens. The word of God is clear. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Right? Jesus says, those who are weary and heavy laden, come to me so that I can give you rest. And you can take my yoke upon you, which is easy and light. You can live freely and lightly. So God wants to take those burdens. He wants to carry them for us. His grace is sufficient for us. But it takes intentionality to get alone with God and say, God, is there something in my past? Is there a wound? Is there something holding me back? It could be a generational curse in your family of alcoholism or divorce or something like that. It could be emotional trauma that is holding you back. It could be an inner vow and a judgment that you've made at some point in your life towards someone. It can be unforgiveness and bitterness that's holding you back that maybe you even forgot about. But that's why the Holy Spirit is there. He is our guide, but he's also our counselor. So he'll listen and he's our comforter and he's our healer. But it takes intentionality. It takes time in saying, all right, Lord, search my heart. Is there something there that I need to cast upon you? And a lot of times the first step is forgiveness. It is forgiving, which many times the only way we can forgive someone who's really harmed us and was more than guilty of doing something that was wrong towards us, it's, it's just the grace of God. It's only by his power that we're able to forgive. But Jesus wants us to live a life that is free and light. He wants us to be able to run that race and experience that invigorating runner's high that comes from running the race of Jesus freely and lightly by the grace of God and letting go of those burdens. So the four things we talked about. What is our motivation? Having the right motivation. Having clear direction training our bodies, and then throwing off these burdens so we can run freely, freely and lightly. Now, I don't, want, I don't want you to misunderstand. In all this, like, running, we're running with the vision. You know, we're vision-based. We're going to see God move in powerful ways, and our church is going to grow and all, and all that. That's great. But I want you to know we are not going to be a grow-at-any-cost church. That is not what we're about. We are not a grow at any cost. Do we want to grow? Of course. Do we want to see people come to know Jesus? Of course we do. Yes, absolutely. That's what God has called us to. Do we want to see his redeeming work in our city? 100% with all of our heart, for, for sure. Do we want to invite people to church? Absolutely. Yes, but not at any cost. Not at the cost of us being burnt out. Not at the cost of our marriage. Not at the cost of our family. Not at the cost of Sabbath, Sabbath rest. Other things that God has invited us into. What we're going to do is we're going to faithfully plant and water. 
and God's going to give the increase. Amen? We're going to be faithful to plant seeds of faith. We're going to be faithful to water those things, to make disciples, to share the gospel, to do those things, to live on mission. But God's going to be the one who brings the increase. And so for us as a church, success is radical obedience rather than rapid growth. Success is radical obedience, not just rapid growth. Now, can they happen together? Of course, yeah, that can happen. You saw it in the early church. It was both. It was radical obedience and there was rapid growth. But it could be radical obedience and no growth. It could be radical obedience and some growth. It doesn't matter. The point is, success for us is radical obedience. It's saying yes to Jesus. And we'll trust God with everything else. You know? He's going he's gonna to do his work. We're just going to say yes. And then we're going to pursue the purpose of God in our life with all of our heart. We're going to have the right motivation. We're going to run with clear direction. We're going to train our bodies. We're going to throw off burdens. And we're going to see God's dream fulfilled within this city. His redeeming work established. People reconciled to him. Amen? Good? Awesome. Well, I want to close with this. Um, so we have a clear vision. We have a, a kind of a painted picture, our direction, what we're running towards, right? That God's put in our hearts. So it's like a point B. We know where we are, point A. So what's the first step? Right? How do we run with a vision? Make it a reality. Step one. Step one is taking ownership. It's taking ownership, right? Because the body of Christ is made up of multiple different members. They have their own special work, but they work together to be one living organism. The, what happens here? The worship team, the AVL team, the, the greeters, coffee, the kids team, the, the, the student leaders, uh, the elders, the admin board, all the different people who serve in the church. That's what allows us to do what we do. That's how we exist. It's because everyone has done their own special work, something that God's put on their heart to do. And because of that, we can grow and we can thrive together. Ephesians 4.16 says this, He makes the whole body, Jesus, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. When we each do our own special work, it helps the other parts grow. We're meant to be doing it together, right? And then it says, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what we want to be, right? Healthy, growing, and full of love. And that happens when each part does its own special work so that the other parts can grow. So my question for you today is, what is your special work? What is God inviting you into? What's he inviting you to do? How can, how can we serve each other sacrificially in some way and exalt one another in our lives? What is God leading you into? So after this service, we're going to have our ministry expo here in the back. So all the different teams, all the different ways you can serve in the church, they're all going to be represented. The leaders of the teams are going to be at the tables. You can ask them about what it means to commit to the team, what's, uh, what's asked of you, what's the heart of it. And you can read it as well. It's on those little table tents on each table. Um, and this is what I encourage you to do. Take ownership. Sign up somewhere, somewhere, anywhere. And if you're already doing something, great. You're doing it. That's wonderful. But if you aren't, I encourage you, find a place. Share ownership. That's how the body of Christ functions. That's how we work, right? We all have our own special work. So sign up. And then everyone who serves in the church is a part of what we're calling the launch team. 
So we are relaunching as, as one church on August 13th, 2023, 8-13-23. And so the launch team, the reason why that matters is, is this. We're going to gather together as a launch team about once a month or so leading up to the launch. In each of these meetings, what we're going to do is we're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. And we're going to dive into how do we practically live this thing out? How do we live out one with Jesus? How do we live out one? What does that look like? And so it's going to be kind of a workshop. We're going to practice hearing the voice of God. We're going to practice praying for each other. We're going to talk about how do we invite people to church? How do we share the gospel with people? How do we do that? Just practical expression of the collective purpose that God has called us to. And so we're going to create space to do that, something that we don't necessarily have time to do always on a Sunday. So once a month, about once a month, we're going to gather the launch team together, and we're going to grow together. Now, you don't have to be there. You're not obligated to be there. Uh, you can come and go. If, if you can make one, great. If you can't make the other, that's okay. But we're going to offer that so that we can ha- be a collective unified front, right? We want to be with one accord, just like the early church in Acts, right? So we have the same heart, same vision, and, but then we're also, um, we know how we're operating and how we're ministering and how we approach that in our life. So we're going to do that once a month, and we'll let you know. The first one's probably going to be early March, and, and we'll communicate it ahead of time so you know um, when it's going to be and everything else. But we really are going to try everything in our power to make it available to everyone. And so whether that's we have to pay for childcare or whatever, we want to make sure that everyone can be there and be a part of it. And I'm really excited about those times. I think it's going to be super fun just practicing it together. Um, rather than just talking about it, we're going we're gonna to put it to practice. Amen? Um, so um, we're going to close with prayer. And just right where you are, as we do almost every single time, I just want you to close your eyes right where you are and just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me, God? What are you speaking to me? God might be highlighting something, a burden that you need to cast upon him. He may be highlighting an opportunity where you can invite God into your life or a spiritual discipline that he's, the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart to begin practicing. Whatever it is, or it could be something that's not even related to this message. Just whatever God is speaking to your heart, we just want to create space right now. Holy Spirit, will you speak to us? We want to align our hearts with you this morning. What are you saying to me, Father? So our heart is radical obedience. Whatever God's saying to you, whatever he's whispering to you, whatever he's tugging you into, we just want to surrender and say yes. Because when we say yes to Jesus, it's one step closer to living freely and lightly. Lord Jesus, thank you that you speak to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present in this moment, Lord. Uh, You are so good. And thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient for us to run the race with endurance. We can't do it on our own. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, anything is possible. And so we submit our hearts to you. We say yes to whatever you're saying to us this morning. And we're excited about the next step in our lives. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is what we're going to do.
We're going to, leaders, if you, you're leading a team, you can go back to your tables and kind of man up there. And then, uh, and then if, take a moment, go around, even if you're already serving somewhere, just go around, talk to all these leaders, tell them thank you for, for leading in our church, first of all, uh, and let them know that, hey, we see you, we love you, thank you for all your service. And then sign up, sign up for a team, and uh, let's share ownership together. Sound good? All right, love you guys.